Peace equals chaos destroyed. I just want to, I'm going to try to once a month, if I can remember, just to share my heart as far as the vision. So I'm going to take two minutes, the vision of the church. So it's always fresh on our mind. So all of us can continually believe what we're all believing for, all right? The first thing is, is, and they're not in any order like the most important. It's just one, two, three, all right? So number one is that we're believing God for a bigger building. Uh, at least a 50,000-square-foot building. For those who want to get in perspective, this is a 13,000-square-foot building. It may not look that, but there's a basement. If you've not been downstairs, you ought to go check out the children's area. This is 13,000, so we're believing for at least, I wouldn't even move into a, well, I shouldn't say wouldn't, but I, I want at least 50,000. I didn't say this in the first service, but it needs to be in prime location. We don't want somebody to have to find us by GPS. You did? We're going to have to contact Google. Oh, really? See, that's why we want it to be on the main street, so you won't even have to have your phone. Amen. So on um, prime location, and then the second one is we want uh, to build a youth center for our city. The city council, I've met with them. Uh, we don't have a mayor. We have city council. And our city council, I said, what's the number one thing that you want? They said they want a youth center for our city. I said, we'll do that. And then my brain said, what did you just say? And got my car, and I said, God, uh, you do know that I meant you will do this, right? I mean, because it has nothing to do with me. And so we're going to build a youth center for our city. And the third thing is we're going to build a college, a Christian college in the Congo, Kalimi Congo. And so uh, Dad Hagemeyer has already got the, the layout, how he wants it. And uh, actually, they've even, they know exactly where they're going to put it on their property. They have about close to 100 acres, and so they're going to build in on their property. And so we're going to do that. Amen. And then, that's three, but then as far as the spiritual side of it is that I feel like our church, which is us, our family, church family, we have a mandate to change the way people think about God. I believe with all of my heart that the majority of the church world thinks wrong about our Heavenly Father. Most of the church world, and I'll get into it a little bit today, they believe that uh, God makes their father, heavenly father, makes them sick, makes them four, poor, makes them four. <laughs> makes them, they act like four-year-olds when they talk like that, but uh, we need to change how people think about your heavenly father. God is good. I mean, we don't just sing that song because it's got a good tune. We believe that God is good. He is good and that the gospel is good news. And so we really believe that. And so we want that word to get out into our community. And not just inside these four walls and not just in Pueblo, but we're believing God for that word to get out through the Internet, that somebody in the Middle East, somebody in Russia, wherever they can get on our website, we're going to start videoing our uh, services, and so we have a lot of big things that we're thinking and going to be doing, amen? 
So you're going to be part of that, and uh, I'm thankful for that. But Psalms 119, the number one way that you're going to get a hold of God is through the Word of God. Psalms 119, 105 says this, By your words I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. The King James says, Your word's a lamp into my feet, a light into my path. A lamp. The Word of God is a light to us. And so you're going to need to see where you're going. Aren't you thankful that whoever came up with uh, headlights on your car? We wouldn't be driving at nighttime. But, you know, if, if you have this mentality on your car, you say, Well, I can't get from here to Pueblo West at nighttime because there's no lights. And somebody says, well, there's headlights on your car. I know, but I need to, to see it all the way to Pueblo West. Well, this is the thing. Your headlights, as you travel, the light is always further than what you will be. God's Word is always going to be far enough in front of you that should gonna, nothing should take you. Now, you may feel surprised, but you've got to know that, you know what, my steps are ordered by God. The steps of a good man are ordered by God. So I know the path that I'm taking. The Word of God is always going to be a lamp into your feet and a light into your path. Believe that. Amen? Believe that. Where there is a lack of knowledge and revelation in your mind, do you realize that's where the devil is going to work in your life and my life? This was just a, an explosion inside my brain. I was in Denver in some meetings this past week. And um, the first service was more laughter about my drawing than any time I've ever preached in my life. I'm saying that so you all can control your emotions in the second service. I'm thankful for this crowd this morning. I mean, I told somebody, if we were, I'm from Kentucky. If we were in Kentucky, church would have been canceled at 8 a.m. yesterday. <laughs> Not today, yesterday. But I said, we live in Colorado. It has to be a blizzard to keep people from coming to church at Rocky Mountain Family Church. All right. You will know what this is without me even telling you. That's a brain. I should have wrote the word first. That's a brain. Help me, Jesus. No matter what, you or me, <laughs> I love church. Anyway, it, no matter what, I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how much you love God. I don't care how much you're full of God. There's always, it seems like, there, the more I serve God and follow after him, there's just little pockets, just ever so slightly, that uh, of darkness, and then I get truth, and that's revealed to me. The thing is about darkness is you don't see right. I'm gonna say it again. When you're in a pitch black room, you don't, you just don't see how you you don't know. There's a chair there. There's a uh, your a shoes there, and you trip over them. When it's pitch black dark, you don't see everything like the way that you you could if you had the light turned on. That's the way inside of us. How sometimes, if we don't have the correct mind renewing, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it talks about renewing your mind, thinking right. If you don't think right about God in a certain area of your brain, that is exactly where the devil will work in your life. 
For example, when I was growing up, we all thought that God made you sick. And it was to make you a better person somehow. And the older I got, I thought, yeah, I'm an expert at holding the toilet. I can really grasp it and puke in it really good now. It's, it's really taught me a lot. But, you know, even as a teenager, I thought, what, what am I learning when I'm sick? I like to talk to people who are super spiritual and who believe that. That believe that God is teaching you something when you're sick. What would that be? How could it make you a better person? Humility? Yeah, it's pretty humbling when you're hugging the throne. Toilet. <laughs> no, there, in all reality, in common sense, when you think that way, guess where the devil's going to be working in your life? Man, right there. He's, he does, he'll try to work in the light, but guess what? When he's in the light of what you know, it's exposed. You see him for what he is. This is good. Because, listen, if, if you think God wants you poor, if you got a certain section over here that wants you poor, man. So if you get your car repossessed, well, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job said that. You hear that at just about 90% of funerals. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the Lord. Did Job say that? Yes, he did. Did Job know the truth in what he said? No, he didn't. Just read Job chapter 42. God told Job, you speak things that you know nothing about. Job says, I will cover my mouth because I'm not, I, I didn't know what I was saying. He said, I don't know what I'm saying, and yet everybody's repeating what he said. This, the, I mean, it would be hilarious, but that's pitiful. That's like telling a lie, and everybody goes around telling the lie, and then you tell everybody, hey, that's a lie that I told you. You shouldn't be spreading that around. And everybody just keeps talking about it. It's not truth. What Job said is not true. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. The Lord doesn't give and get, the Lord doesn't take away. He, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I have come. To give you life. The Amplified Version says, in abundance to where it overflows. Everybody say, that's my God. But this is the thing. Even in areas that you may think, I, I, I have grown in the area of healing. And so, but there, even in that, I remember years ago thinking that, well, if I'm not really following after God, if I'm really not, you know, just really pressing in all the time and just I'm fired, fire, and if I just read my Bible, you know, not very often or, I mean, like every day and long periods of day, you know, I'm not going to have his favor and it's going to open the door for, for sickness. There's some people who think that, well, if you sin, it opens the door to sickness. If you do anything wrong, if you do anything wrong, if you raise your voice to your dog, it may open the door to sickness. Well, then guess what? The door is going to be open 24-7 for sickness. Anybody perfect in here? I just want to make sure I'm talking to the right crowd. You know, the first service, there were some perfect people. But is there anybody that just never makes a mistake, never is just perfect 100% of the time? Okay, I just want to make sure I'm talking to the right crowd. So therefore, if that is true, if you're not perfect, if you believe that, the sickness doors are going to be wide open for the devil to bring his sickness in 
But if you start getting the truth, at 1 Peter 2, 24, it says, by his stripes we were healed, that you get the truth that 2,000 years ago, all of my sickness, no matter what, was taken care of on the cross by the stripes of Jesus. If you believe that, all of a sudden this darkness is taken away. It's what you thought. What you think is what you're going to believe, even if it's a lie. And that lie is going to be the area that the devil works. The problem with deception is you don't know it. Wouldn't it be nice if there was something inside your brain goes, you're being deceived right now. But the problem is with deception is you think it's the truth. And it's a lie. But that's what you believe. And so that will be what is manifested. Mm. So you come to church, you hear the word, you listen to the word of God, listen to messages, not so you can be in good with God, not so you can get to be on God's good side, because that's what I used to believe. I listened to 20 messages this week. I read my Bible an hour every day. I'm, I'm close to God. No, you're in self-righteousness, that's what you are. It went over about like that in the first service. <laughs> Self-righteousness. Where there's a lack of knowledge and revelation, darkness, that's where the devil's going to work. That is where he's going to work. It's not what God is causing. It's what the devil is deceiving people, and that's where the enemy's going to work. Whether it's uh, in your emotions, I just can't control myself. Hmm. So where's the devil going to work on you? Man, you're just not going to control yourself. You'll see cookie two-step ice cream. Man, I love that ice cream. It's right now. I've got somebody says, what's your favorite ice cream? I said cold. <laughs> but right now, it's cookie two-step. Man, I'm on a, I'm on a roll in cookie two-step, but... It, no, it's bro, uh, it's uh, Bluebell. Bluebell. You can get it at Safeway or King Super. But anyway, uh, <laughs> they should pay me. But anyway, uh, you could sit there and start eating that, and man, you, got, you should dip it out. Do not just open up the top. And bad, bad, because you just go, I'm just going to eat a little bit more. And if you start seeing the bottom, you know that you or definitely eating too much if it was a new carton and you can see the bottom that's not good but your brain's going to say it was just so good I couldn't control myself there's believers that think that uh, they don't have patience well I just, I just need more patience the fruit of the spirit in Galatians 5 22 and 23 says that God has given in, when you get born again you get the fruit of the spirit Boom, inside of you, which is love, which is peace, joy, and patience. Kindness is inside of you. I know some people say, eh, my spouse, I don't know if it's, if they got kindness, it, it's, it's leaking somewhere. No, you got, if, if you're born again, every believer has kindness. 
And then the very last one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Self-control. Let's just say that. Say, I have self-control. Now, I used to believe that self-control was the ability to say no. And it is. But it's much more powerful than that. Listen to this definition of self-control. Self-control is the ability to respond the way that Jesus would respond no matter what the circumstance or how I'm being treated whatsoever. I have the power to respond right. Ooh, that's powerful. So your wife can burn your pancakes instead of going, you are the worst cook on the planet. I mean, you, first of all, that would be stupid for any man to say that. <laughs> you, just, you just need to get something. But anyway. <laughs> if you, if you, yeah. You just shouldn't complain about anybody who cooks, whether you're the wife or the husband. I'll just shut up. But anyway. You have the ability to respond right. You have the ability, no matter how you are being mistreated, you have the power. There is power inside of you. There is power inside of me. I said this on Wednesday. You know, most of the church world knows that the power of God is inside of them. But this is a problem. It does you absolutely no good if you're not seeing it manifested. I'm preaching a lot better than you're responding. I just can't, I can't do that, Pastor. And so we think, if I had a perfect spouse, if I had a perfect boss, and if everybody drove right, (laughs) I would never lose my temper. That ain't going to happen. On That's called heaven, where everybody's perfect and acts right. <coughs> you understand that? And I said this in the first service. <coughs> Excuse me. Most people think that when we get to heaven, that, uh, you know, there's no sickness there. There's no poverty there. There's no crying there. There's just joy and peace. and every, It's just great, you know, when we all get to heaven. What a glorious day that will be. A little bit of Elvis in there. My sons think he's a horrible singer. I go, that's real close to sinning. But anyway, um, it is true it's going to be a glorious day in heaven. But listen to me. Do you realize that you don't have to be in faith for healing, for joy, for the fruit of the Spirit? Because there's not going to be a devil there. There's not going to be any certain... You don't even need the power of self-control. There's nothing going to be there to make you respond wrongly. There's not going to be a wrong response in heaven. You're not going to hear somebody, you know, your mother's not going to say, you, you, you just stop it right now. You know, when I was in trouble, you know, in our family, maybe yours, I don't know, but they say the full name, you know. Frank Michael Davis, what you you know you're in trouble if you hear every syllable of your name, even if it's a junior. You know you're in trouble, you know. 
But you're never going to hear that in heaven. Never. So this is the problem. We think when we all get to heaven, that's where victory is going to come. That's what's going on right now in a lot of believers. Are you hearing me? What we need is the light to shine in. And guess where the devil is going to work at? In all of those areas, you think, yeah, when we get to heaven, life's going to be good. So life's going to be hell on earth then for you. Because the devil is thinking, well, you're going to have heaven when you die. And the way that you're believing, it won't be long. Because, you know, God makes you sick and God makes you poor, so you, you're not going to have enough food, you're not going to have enough money. Even if you go to the hospital, you're not even going to have enough money to buy the medicine, so you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. So what do we do? We have to get light to shine the Word of God to where, you know what? I have patience on the inside of me. I have healing. The healing power of God is on the inside of you. Let me just ask you this. Let's back up to square one. Is Jesus on the inside of you? If Jesus is on the inside of you, is Jesus ever sick a day in his life? No. Is Jesus ever depressed a day in his life? Does he have a blue Monday? Oh. Tuesday, kind of a brown Tuesday. I don't think that's such a thing, but you know what I mean. It, Jesus doesn't. Jesus is having victory 24-7. There's no darkness. There's shadow of turning, the Bible said, inside of him. But the thing is, he's on the inside of us. And Ephesians 3.20, you're familiar with that scripture. And if you're not, it says, God is going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. There's not a period there. It continues, it says, according to the power that is in heaven, mm -mm. according to the power that is in us. So the power is in us. Everything you need is in us. Everybody's waiting till they get to heaven to get it, and God said, it's in you right now. It's in you right now. But it doesn't do you any good if you just think, well, it's in me. You need to believe that it can be manifested outside of you. How is that going to happen? How is that going to happen? I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I'm going to tell you about it. But first, before I get to Colossians 3.15, it says, Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other, none of this going off and doing your own thing, and cultivate Thankfulness. You know, thankfulness always helps you to stay centered. Being thankful. Being thankful is like walking in faith. Being thankful keeps you in the middle of the road. It keeps you from whining and complaining. You remember that statistic I said? 90% of the people, when you complain, 90% of the people really don't care about your complaining. And the other 10% are glad that you're having the problem. So you just need to quit complaining because 90% of the people really don't care. You know, I just had a terrible day, you know. And I'm not trying to, uh, you know, if you go home to your spouse, not tell them you had a bad day. I, I'm not. But at the same time, if we're going around complaining, telling everybody that you had a bad day, 90% of the people you're talking to go, oh, man, that's just rough. That's just bad. And then there's going to be 10% that, I'm glad you had that because that makes me a lot happier. My day wasn't nearly that bad. I'm glad it happened to you. So just... 
it's just better off. You'll be better in life if you just don't complain. Thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. Now that a preach right there. Common sense. And sing, sing, sing your hearts out to God. Be happy. Be happy. You have a choice. You have a choice. Do you know if God, listen to this. If God did not put the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden, Adam and Eve would not have had a choice. You ever thought, why in the world did God put that stupid tree in there? Because if he wouldn't have put that stupid tree in there, then Adam wouldn't have, and Eve wouldn't have partaken of the uh, tree of knowledge of good and evil. You ever thought that? You think, stupid tree? Why'd he put it in there? Listen to me. God believes and wants you to be in total freedom. Total freedom. Like nobody even can fathom the freedom that he wants you and I to be in. If he would not have put a choice in the garden, there was only one bad tree, by the way. And I say bad tree, it was just a tree of choice that he said, don't eat of it. You got 99.999% of the trees you can eat of, just this one. Which, by the way, the tree of life was in the garden. Where they would have lived forever and ever and ever, which represented Jesus. Could have partaken of that one, but they didn't eat of that one. But he said, just this one tree. If he would have not have put that in there, it would have been a paradise prison. Listen to me. Because they would not have had a free choice. The reason that God gives people free choice today, you can accept him, be his Lord and Savior, or you don't. It's the choice is yours. It's freedom. That's true freedom. So God gave Adam and Eve true freedom. You have the power to choose. That's freedom. So that may have helped you out. That's not even part of the, the, the message, but that just came out of me. So you just need to know that's why. God is good. He is so good that he wants you to be in freedom. And guess what? You, get the, the, you have the power to choose whether or not. In Deuteronomy, he says, I've set before you life, blessing. But there's also uh, a cursing, disease and sickness. Deuteronomy 28, you can read about the curse. He says, I've set before you life and blessing, cursing, and, and all of the terrible things. He says, you choose. And then in case you, he even gives you the answer in case you have a problem choosing. He says, choose life. That's for people who are struggling in the common sense area. You know, you ask a six-year-old, you know, like, do you think it's, it's good to be sick? And they'll say no. Then you get somebody who's gone to church for years and say, do you think it's good to be sick? No, but, you know, the Lord's teaching me. You won't hear a six-year-old say that because they know I ain't learning nothing with 102 fever and throwing up and puking. Okay, moving right along. Peace. 
peace. You hear people saying, you know, I just need more peace in my life. There again, Galatians 5.22 says that God has given us peace. Shalom is the Hebrew word for peace. It's the Hebrew word for peace, and it means more than just peace. But inside that word, that's my, one of my favorite words in Hebrew, shalom. Shalom. When they greet people, they go, they go, hey, John, shalom. And then when they're leaving, they'll say shalom. They don't say hello and goodbye. They say shalom. And this is why, especially if, you, if the people in Israel are a Jew who knows the culture, they know what they are saying when they say shalom. This is what they're saying. The word shalom means completeness, salvation, soundness, welfare, peace, safety, security, health, tranquility, contentment, friendship, prosperity, well-being, and success in all areas of your life. Hmm. That's what they are saying to come upon you. But as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're saying that is what is in you. That is what is in me. That is what is in you. All of that is in you. Most people just think salvation is you're forgiven of your sins. And that's it. Well, if that was it, that would be good. But oh my goodness. There's so much more. And if you're going to have victory on this planet, you better get a hold of that. So that you can have victory by knowing that is in you. That is available for every single believer. But guess what? If you're in darkness and you think, well, when we get to heaven, that's what I get. You know, I'll get healing when you get to heaven. Well, you're absolutely right. I'm going to have my mansion and everything's going to be provided for me when I get to heaven. Philippians uh, 4.13 says, my God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory he provides everything for you but if you feel like philippians 4:19 i think i said 13 but if you believe that you're going to be provided for when you get to heaven guess what you'll struggle every day here on this planet and most people do that and then they blame god hmm hmm The devil just loves that, by the way. Yep, it's that God you serve. He's the one who's making you poor and sick. Whoa, man. If only you just lived for me. (laughs) The Greek word for peace is everything that the Hebrew word is. But they have also say this. It's irene, irene, and it says... The tranquility in the soul that is unaffected by outward circumstance or pressures. That's peace. I'm going to say it again. The tranquility in the soul, in your soul, your will, in your mind, in your emotions. That's where people need to get a hold of peace, in their emotions. The tranquility in the soul that is unaffected by outward circumstance or pressures. So, if you want this peace to dominate your life, there's got to be some light shining in these areas that we've been deceived in. Can I get a better amen? Amen. And listen, all of us, 
That's why Romans chapter 12 says that we need to continually renew our mind. Not remove your mind, but renew your mind. Renew your mind. Renew it. Because why? Because even with me studying and preaching these years, there's still areas I go, man. Because you could be, like I said, you could be knowledgeable, but inside some of the truth that you know, it could be some darkness that you're not totally aware of. (coughs) You know what I mean? For example, thinking that people may think that you lose your righteousness if you sin. People, a lot of Christians believe that. Well, I'm not righteous. And so I believe the devil implanted this phrase in Christian churches around the world. I'm just a sinner. What? Saved by grace. Sounds so humbling. That's straight from the pit of hell. I'm sorry, but there's, I could say it nicer, but you're either a sinner or you're either saved. Come on, church. I'm saying you're either a sinner. You say, well, pastor, I do sin. There's a difference between sin when you sin and being a sinner. Romans 5.19 says that because of Adam, all were made sinners. Sinners. But in Christ, we are made righteous. There's a black and white. There's a line drawn in the sand in Romans 5.19. You are either a sinner or you are either righteous. You cannot be both. You cannot. I said you cannot be both. I said you cannot be both. When I sin, now let me ask you this. When you were a sinner, if you did real good, were you righteous? No. No, honey, you could have you could have cleaned toilets in church and, and taken apple pie to, to your elderly neighbor next door. You could have did all the good you wanted. But if you did not accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're splitting hell wide open and you are unrighteous. No matter how sweet everybody thinks you are in the neighborhood. You're unrighteous. <coughs> but this is the thing. Jesus, by his grace, has made us. You were made a sinner by birth. You're not, you, even when people are not serving God, they're sinners not because they sin. Now, this is tilt your will. You're a sinner because you were born on the planet. Because you came all the way from Adam. Doesn't matter what color your skin is, you all came, we all came from Adam. And that Adam became a sinner. Not a senior, but a sinner. Or in Kentucky, you're a sinner, man. You just sin. You're a sinner. And it's, you're not a sinner because you sin. You're a sinner because you're born into it. The same way is that you have to get born again. The old man has been crucified. Second Corinthians 5, 17 says that the old things are passed away. Behold, everything becomes new. You're born again. And this time in your birth, you are born righteous. Mm, born righteous. Everybody say, I'm born righteous. So I'm going to go over this real quick. Can you pull up the, the, the Hebrew word? This is peace. 
in Hebrew. In Hebrew, each letter back in the old, during Moses' time, they drew letters. Each letter was a picture. You understand that? They, and you read it from right to left, not left to right, right to left, and each letter is a picture. So if, can you see this? Ah. So the first letter is shin. It would be a picture of teeth. I'm not doing what I did the first service. <laughs> I drew each one of them. I don't know if they got anything because they were laughing too hard at every picture I drew. But anyway, the first one is shin. It's a picture of teeth. That's the letter that if you would see teeth, they would go, oh, that's shin. And that letter has a definition. They know what that letter means. And that letter means destroy. Destroy. The second one is the lamed. It, it is a staff. Moses had a staff, and it would mean authority or control. Authority or control. The next letter is the vav. It's a picture of a nail, and it would be connects or attached. It means that it's attached. And then the last letter is the mem. It would be a picture of water. It would just draw waves. That would be water. And that means chaos. And you think, how in the world does this mean peace? So when the Hebrew people would see that, they would put all of those pictures together and their definitions and meaning, and they knew that peace means destroy the authority attached to chaos. Destroy the authority attached to chaos, you're going to have peace. When I learned this several years ago, um, I thought, oh, man, I just got to make sure destroy all of the, ooh, I got to do this. I've got to really destroy the, 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 all of the chaos in my life. I got whatever's attached to this chaos, I got to make sure I overcome it. And I failed miserably. And most people do because of this. You know why? Because of this. If you think that way, this is what's going on, honey. If that's your thinking, the devil's going to be working in that area of your life because that's not true. What do I mean? Jesus already did this for you and me. <clears throat> Jesus already destroyed the authority attached to chaos. And I can prove it. 1 John 3, 8, the Amplified Version says this. Jesus did this for me. But he who commits sin, who practices evil deeds of the devil, takes the character from the evil one. For the devil has sinned, violated the divine law from the beginning. He's talking to somebody, about somebody who's not even born again. You're just going to sin because that's who your father is. The reason the Son of God was made manifest, visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works of the devil, what he has done. What has the devil done? He has caused chaos over the whole planet since Genesis chapter 1. He's the one who's caused chaos over the whole planet. So what did John 10.10 10 says? The thief comes to kill and destroy. The Amplified Version says, But I have come to give you life and life more abundantly to the full, till it overflows. 
That is the life that God, he said, that's why I came. He said, the thief came to do all of this, but I came. There is chaos in, all, in everything that's going on in the world, but I came. Jesus came and he destroyed everything that is attached to chaos. Jesus has destroyed it for you and me. And you think, well, he may have did that, but I, I, I don't have peace running and reigning in my life. Hmm. Before I get there, let's look at John 16, 33. John 16, 33. The, the Amplified Version, I love how it says that. It says, I've told you that this is, Jesus is getting ready to leave. He's getting ready to leave, and he gets his disciples together, and he tells them this. He says, boys, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. He didn't say, well, I'm, that you're going to have perfect peace and confidence, but, you, you know, this peace is going to leave you all the time. This is what he said. In the world, you have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration. And most people go, yep, that's where, you find, that's where I live, right there. Trials, tribulation, frustration. I'm frustrated right now because my wife forgot to turn the crock pot on. We ain't going to have supper when I get home. I'm really frustrated. Most people live in trials, tribulation, distress, and frustration. There's people, and you know, you can just see them, man. People are frustrated. And look at social media. People go nuts on social media because everybody's distressed and everybody's frustrated. And everybody can just speak their mind on social media for the first time in the whole world. We can tell the whole world off. <laughs> You don't have to worry about, you know, somebody beating you up because you're saying it to somebody in India, you know. In the world, you're going to have all this, but be of good cheer. What? You just told me I'm going to have trials, tri tribulation, distress, frustrations. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. Why? For I have overcome the world. I have destroyed the authority that's attached to chaos. I've overcome it. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. So if we are being harmed in any way, shape, or form, it's not God's fault. Most people blame God because it's a lot easier for him just to push the blame onto him instead of saying, you know what? Maybe I, I, I've got some of this going on in my life, in my brain. It's a lot easier just to say it's God's fault. We learned it from Adam. It's this woman you gave me. That was a joke. Come on, man. I mean, come on. Y'all raised in church where you couldn't laugh? I mean, come on. I was too, but anyway. Um, <coughs> I, I've, 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 we, we, we've broken that curse. <laughs> but listen to me. There's places that that needs to be wiped clean. I have peace 24-7. Jesus said, you have peace 24-7 because I've overcome anything that can rob you of the peace. You go, no, he hasn't. Peace true peace that is on the inside 
doesn't matter and is unaffected by any circumstance on the outside. I'm going to read that from the Greek definition. Just tranquility or peace in the soul that is unaffected by outward circumstance or pressures. This is good news. You may not think so, but the good news is you have that powerful thing called peace on the inside of you that is so powerful that it can be, not can be, that it is so much tranquility in your soul that you are unaffected, that that peace is unaffected by outward circumstance or pressure. You just need to say, I've got that kind of peace in me. I've got that kind of peace in me. I've got peace inside of me that nothing on the outside can take it away. Jesus said, I've given you that kind of peace, and I have conquered the world for you so that you can walk in that 24-7. That's powerful. True peace is when you realize that. All right? When I know that... You may think that if all the power is in me, if the grace of God is in me, healing is in you. All of the healing power of God, the power not only to heal cancer is in you, to heal a headache, to heal a cold, but to raise the dead kind of power is in you. Hmm. I know, it makes most people go, huh? (laughs) If it's in me, then why I'm not seeing it manifested? Ephesians 2.8 says this. Did you know you have all the grace of God on the inside of you? Grace is inside of you. Unmerited favor of God. How are you saved? You are saved by grace Through faith. What does that mean? God says, I've given you the ability to be born again. For it to be manifested, you have to believe it. I've given you all the power to walk in health and healing on the inside of you. I've given it to you. For it to be manifested, you have to believe it. By grace, through faith. It's everything. Salvation. Healing, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, joy, the fruit of the Spirit. Everything that God is, has been placed inside of you. The only way for it to be manifested is through faith. you got to believe it. And if you don't believe that you have it, if you don't believe that you have it, that I need more patience, that's where the devil's going to work. I just need to get healing. I need to get it out. I got to get a hold of healing. I've got to get, Lord, give me more faith for healing. When I get to heaven, I'm going to be healed. You will be, by the way. I'm not saying you're not going to. I'm just saying you're going to have a sickening life here on planet Earth. Sickening. So sick, you're going to be sick of being sick. 
I'm just sick. And usually when people are sick and tired of being sick, they start, I need some light on this, man. I need, I need uh, God help me. God help me. This is the thing. He is helping you today by hearing this word. He's not going to come down here and die on the cross and get stripes on his back again. He's not. He already did all that he's going to do for healing, prosperity, for peace, and patience, and joy, and self-control. He's already done it all. It's just because the people are darkened, and that's where the devil is working. He's working 24-7, and people are accepting it and believing it. This is not to put condemnation on anybody. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ. But the condemnation comes when people start hearing words like this and saying that you mean I can be healthy, I can walk in health, but man, I've just been keep getting, you've taught me that, Pastor, but I'm telling you, I'm still getting sick. I'm just a loser. I'm a loser. That's an L. I'm just a loser. And you know what you just did? Trying to be humble, and you just get darkened in that area. So the devil just says, yeah, you sure are. But you're a good one. You're a good loser. You're a good loser. Listen, listen to me. I would rather, this may be a poor illustration. I'm going to close with this. I would rather be believing God for my healing and die and pass away. And when I get into heaven, on my lips is, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I'm thankful, Jesus, that I'm healed. Instead of how the majority of people said, I knew that healing stuff didn't work. I knew it. I knew I'd die. How do you think you're going to, I mean, if Peter's at the gate, you know, we always say that. He's not probably. But anyway, he's doing something else. But if Peter's at the gate, he's going to say, for people like that, he's going to say, would you just shut up? God is good, and he's taking care of all of your healing. I'd rather, he's not going to say that to me. I said he's not going to say that to me because on my lips and coming out of my mouth, I'm going to say by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I'm going to say I'm blessed coming and blessed going. I'm going to say whatever I put my hand to, surely prosperous. I'm going to say I'm blessed of the Lord because Jesus made me that way, and the blesser lives on the inside of me. I'm going to say what the Word of God says and not what my brain or the rest of the world tries to tell me to say. You have a choice. We're back to that. You have a choice. You have a choice. You can live right here, and, and, and it becomes real easy to live right here because it's somebody else's fault. It's a woman you gave me. It's this man I'm married to. It's a school I went to. I grew up in Kentucky. I mean, whatever. I mean, you can make excuses all day long. But the truth is that God has given you everything that pertains to life and to godliness so you can have peace. No matter what's going on on the outside, you can have joy. No matter what's going on on the outside, you can have healing. No matter how much the flu is going on, Amen. you can have it because of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand.